0: The Inside Vegas Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented to you by mybookie.ag. Right now to honor football season, mybookie.ag is offering you up to $1,000 in free bets using the promo code SGP. That's right. $1,000 in bonus bets in your first deposit when you use the promo code SGP. Play, win, and get paid at mybookie.ag. And we are also brought to you by Amazon. All you have to do is go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com, click the Amazon banner, bookmark that link, and use it every time you shop to score some sweet, sweet SGP merch and help support the podcast. We are back with Inside Vegas on the Sports Gabling Podcast Network. I was talking to this guest off air saying, I can't believe my God, almost a uh, full uh, 25% of the season uh, completed already. And it, it it goes just as fast as it comes, I feel like, which is absolutely crazy. I want to welcome on CJ Caldenbach, Of course, find him on Twitter at The Siege DF ask my man, CJ, how is everything going with you, man? And we were just talking about before a uh, quarter of the season done. How is kind of the DFS, um, you know, quarter way Mark been for you up to this point?
1: Uh, DFS, the first three weeks was kind of rough week four was, uh, heading that direction. And then, uh, I had a, a few, like 15, 20% of, uh, Rams Tampa stacks. So it turned the entire first four weeks from really bad to decently good. So that's how things can change in DFS really quickly.
0: When we look at the kind of the quarter mark of the NFL season from both the gambling and DFS perspective, I know you kind of dabble in both, man. What have, what has kind of been your biggest takeaways, either from a uh, team standpoint, a gambling standpoint, and of course from a DFS or season long best ball, all that type of stuff standpoint when it comes to the quarter mark of the season being over.
1: Yeah. So I saw you tweet this yesterday um, and, and it's really true. Uh, the difference between the very, very bad teams and the really, really good teams is probably wider than we've ever seen. I even saw this was I was going to mention this in um, FSM. Um, the, if you want to go back and look at the baseball over unders too. Uh, FanDuel tweeted this out the other day. If you take the top 15 teams and the bottom 15 teams. So if you bet the overs on the top 15, you would have gone 11 and four. And if you bet the unders on the bottom 15, you would have gone 11 and four as well. So if you just basically bet the overs on all the good teams and the unders on all the bad teams, you would have gone 22 and eight looks like football's heading that direction too.
0: That's so crazy, man. And yeah, so this uh, tweet that you referring to that I put out there, I see, I think I disagree what I feel like I have felt this way for a very long time. Basically, uh, three years is re- really once I started implementing it so heavy into my NFL handicapping, uh, this Patriots team, uh, just using them as an example because you're seeing some of the biggest spreads that we have ever seen. I think that the um, – was it 20 – it must have been 2016. I think that team was just as good as – I mean, maybe the defense is, is a little bit better. Here. I think they're comparable, right, when it comes to a point spread market. Uh, yet, they were being priced, you know, 9, 9.5 uh, professional buyback at 10, 10 in the hook. And now, we never really – like it took so long for oddsmakers to really catch up with the parody that I think existed for a while. And I'm not sure why kind of all of a sudden they were ready to do this. I think maybe the tanking narrative Uh, certainly goes into it when you almost have, you know, it's so obvious that teams maybe aren't even trying where that narrative wasn't really floated a couple of years ago. Um, You know, when we talk about the good teams and the bad teams and and these spreads that we're seeing, which I think is a direct correlation. um, Again, you can say a lot of things about me, but you can't say that I don't, you know, I don't adapt and I'm not self-aware to know when things are changing and the market is changing. I think that's to me why the spread has mattered uh, the first 25% of the season, basically uh, more than the last three years combined. Do you agree with that or disagree?
1: Yeah, I I think it matters in certain situations. I would very much disagree with you on the Patriots defense take. I've been on record since the preseason that this is the best Patriots defense ever.
0: No, no, I Um, think this one is better. I'm just saying, I think from a point spread perspective, they were pretty, you know, comparable to, I think you could have hung those, uh, these numbers you're seeing on New England uh, that year as well.
1: I think you definitely could have, but I think it's a little more like the defense is better and the offense is slightly worse. Yeah, I agree. I I think that this defense is like still, I still don't think it's getting enough credit. Like I, I I think it's still not getting the credit it deserves. Like it's unbelievable. I mean, if they put Dwayne Haskins out there this week against this defense, it it might be five or six turnovers. Um, Like that just would really not be fair to the poor kid. Um, (laughs) It, it, I I never lock defenses on the road. I I would probably lock the Pats defense and DFS if Dwayne Haskins was to get the start. Yeah, like, you're I, Kiano, I just... I think you have to. They, they have their price to the nose, and I still don't care. It's just, like, five sacks and two interceptions is probably the floor. It's just... But I I think that, like, the, the big spreads are just kind of, like, kind of just stay It's just, like, You know, does Philly feel like covering 14 against the Jets? Like, it all just comes down to, like, what they feel like doing. Like, I don't know if there's, like, really an edge unless you're just, like, the Philly offense wants to get moving. Like, unless you just happen to know something, like, I feel like every number above 10 right now is just kind of a stay away.
0: I think it's a, for me, it's the 14, 14 and a half mark. Um, But let's talk about uh, kind of the DFS version of stuff that has stuck out to you for the first quarter of the season as a recap. And um, I guess we can kind of just break this down from a... Of course, this can all be kind of jaded if somebody has one, you know, unreal game and a couple bad ones in there to kind of even things out. Passing leader, uh, passing yard leaders in the NFL: Mahomes fifteen ten, Ryan thirteen twenty five, Goff twelve fifty four, Rivers twelve fifty four, and Winston at eleven sixty seven. Anyone in that group again, I, I know it's not directly correlated to fantasy points, but any kind of quarterback that has stuck out to you that I just gave you the top five of um, when it comes to a fantasy DFS perspective, or of course, anyone that I didn't mention um, when it comes to the fantasy side of the first uh, 25% of the year.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of uh, a lot of over hate on Jameis after the first two weeks, uh, you know, the first week that the flu was going through the Tampa locker room and then they played on a short week, and we've seen the last two weeks against the Giants and, and the Rams. That th- this offense is as explosive as we thought in the preseason. And you know, I think that flew by the first week or so, put everyone off the scent. But uh, the way they went to LA and beat the Rams, I think that they got kind of most of the value back. But if they make that kick, for example, like against the Giants, and they're three and one going to the Saints, like this line is probably closer to a pick'em than three. Yeah. It's for weird. example. Yeah. It's
0: a, it's. Man, things can get really skewed here. I want to some some interesting stuff here, um, and I want kind of your take on it. Uh, I guess we'll do, we'll play a little true or false here. Carson Wentz at nine sixty three, basically the bottom five uh, in the league of passing right now. I know he's been victimized by his drops. Is that more of an indictment? Uh, that number and kind of the lack of production with Philadelphia's offense as a whole on Wentz on the receivers play calling. What's your take away with somebody uh, who had a lot of you know MVP buzz coming into the year?
1: I mean, I, saw, like, I was a Wentz hater in the preseason, so it's really hard for me to be like, oh, it's all bad luck. Like, I think it's kind of a combination of all the factors. You know, there were some injuries uh, and, and some other factors that kind of have hurt him a little bit. But I also just don't think he's as good as people think he is. So, like, I, I don't think he's going to be bottom five the whole way. But if you told me, like, bottom 10 to 12, I wouldn't be surprised. Biggest
0: uh, surprise from you uh, for the first 25% of the season when it comes from a quarterback perspective? Uh, anybody on the board in terms of fantasy points, touchdowns, you name it, uh, for the quarterback position
1: in the NFL? I just really can't believe that the Vikings are just trying to run the football all the time. Yeah. Like They were a really good offense last year. I'm really not quite sure why they decided to change it all up. And now they've got Stefan Diggs and Thielen like, basically revolting. Um, and most quarterbacks would just be like, F this, you guys are, you guys are being selfish and Kirk Cousins instead is just trying to keep the unity by being like, yeah, it's all my fault. Like, but it's not his fault. It's the play calling's fault. And I, I'm just not sure how much that's going to change. And I think we see that even this week with that line, like the only five point favorites against the giants. That's pretty much a solid embarrassment of itself.
0: Is this Minnesota offense and team, and conversely, uh, season about to go off the rails if they don't? I mean, is it as simple as if they don't start? They have to the win this more? game. They have to win this game. What if, if they, they don't lose and game, Cousins, Diggs, and Thielan all go off? I think it's done. Like, if they lose
1: this game, it's over.
0: I don't. I, I don't know what is up. There I about. just
1: can't. I just can't see them recovering from this loss. Like this is a game that they penciled in as like okay, like this is a win, like. Especially because Saquon's probably still not going to play. Like you, you just can't lose this game.
0: Yeah, it, and be a
1: playoff team. You just yeah.
0: can't. And nobody beats bad teams uh, better than Kirk Cousins, so um, I, I do like their their chances in this. I want to talk about my biggest surprise, and that's Lamar Jackson. I've talked, you know, we've talked so much behind the scenes, kind of about the two narratives. This this Baltimore team, you know, it almost reminded me of a Mets team of, you know, the the ceiling is always going to be so high, but the floor is really bad. And when you shift your offensive philosophy instantly. Um, those options, you know, are really the only two in my estimation where they were, we saw a, an unbelievable performance, you know, in the beginning of the year from Jackson. And of course, you know, public bias being what it is now, this guy is falling on this offense, uh, because of what happened with the Cleveland game. Are you a buyer long-term, um, both season longs DFS, uh, in what Lamar Jackson has done this year? Or do you think it, maybe it is actually, you know, closer to somewhere in the middle?
1: I think it's closer to like the middle slash the bottom, like, Everyone, like, thought, like, he played well in that game against, like, Arizona, but they only scored 23 points against Arizona, and everyone else is scoring points at well, you know? And then they scored against the Chiefs, like, everyone scores against the Chiefs, and th- then they kind of really only scored, like, 18 until they slowly scored some garbage time points against the Browns. Like, if they didn't put up 59 week one against the Dolphins, I- I'm not sure that, like, if, this, if the games were reversed, right, if they lost to the Browns and put up, like, 18, then they put up 28 against the Chiefs. And then they put up 23 against the Cardinals and then they blew up the dolphins. People would be like, Oh, well, they're a bad offense. They just happen to beat the dolphins, Mm. but that's not the narrative because the dolphins game came first.
0: Yeah. That's a really good take, man. Um, when I look back at kind of the data we have with, with quarterbacks right now for this season, I want to get your take on, will these type of will these continue? Jacoby Brissett is tied for leading the league in passing touchdowns
1: with 10 sustainable or not. I think it's sustainable mostly because I think that Marlon Mack is probably going to be dinged up the rest of the way. And I kind of think that they have enough red zone passing attempts where I think they're just going to lead the league and just number of throws from the red zones. So like, do I think he is going to throw for the most touchdowns like overall? No, like, but I'll I mean, give you a top he probably, three, four. Like, he, like he probably will, but I don't think it's like, because they want it to be. I just think that the, in the red zone, they're going to be a little more pass happy than other teams. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, totally, man. Uh, last guy I want to talk about in the quarterback department, just because I think he was such a polarizing one coming in and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. And I have said this, uh, they're built a little bit differently, but to me, there's a lot of Tebow in his game. And what I mean by that is the dude wins. It doesn't look pretty. And there is something to be said for this. And this is where I go on my weekly tangent that Tebow should have got another start. And I don't care if you throw for, um, two yards a game, if your t- if your team wins every single time you go out there, 90% of the time, I think you deserve a a, a chance. And, um, is is this team better without Garoppolo? Um you know, or what is kind of your season outlook for a guy that all he does is win, but doesn't necessarily translate to the DFS department
1: Well, week in, week out. Boy, this is tough because it's a guy that I was really down on in the preseason and I think he's just getting a lot of credit for that week one collapse at Tampa, which really wasn't even like his doing. Um, you know, I mentioned that Tampa had the flu and, and like a stomach bump through the locker room and like they collapsed in that second half. Like that was a tie game and there were two pick sixes. So like that basically was, you know, a 17, 17 game from versus, you know, from the offenses. And then they put up, I'm sorry, I'm looking at their own team. I I pulled up Tampa instead of pulling up San Fran, but I know that that game's true. Then I went to look at the second game and I was like, that's not true. And then they scored a lot of points against Cincy, but like, so does everyone. Yeah. Right. And then they should have lost to the Steelers, but Mason Rudolph wasn't ready to, get a throw at that point. I just, I think we're going to find out a lot about this team in the next three weeks, four weeks, even really Browns at Rams at Redskins, right? Trapped in the middle of two, two road trips. That's kind of a tricky spot. I boy, I, I think we're going to find out a lot about the team. I trust the coaching staff, but I'm not sure that I trust Jimmy G.
0: I could buy that. Let's talk about... uh, Let's shift over to uh, receivers for what we've seen so far. Keenan Allen, I've always said, is probably the most underrated receiver in the league, but he is one misstep away from a torn ACL, a lacerated kidney. Um, He's made of glass, and sometimes your body just can't handle it. But when he is on the field, man, I think that he... Is absolutely incredible to watch, and especially if you look at Rivers' numbers, they don't look gaudy. Yet you look up at Keenan Allen with four hundred and fifty-two leaps and bounds, leading the league. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a surprise, but I do want to talk about Cooper Cup. And there was some stuff that was floated out there that he is the most important non-quarterback player on a team this year uh, due to what he does, you know, for golf and kind of coaching the receivers on the field. Uh, do you buy into that, you know, narrative? I guess that's an extreme one, but that was kind of what was floated out there.
1: I mean talk about another guy that's like literally one step away from retiring yeah, right. the knee um, I, I mean Keenan Allen has been a guy that's been underrated his whole career but I think that like right now he's almost overrated so I was mentioning to you that I was doing some week five start best balls earlier today yep. so I, we pushed back the recording Keenan Allen was going in the first round like nothing has changed from preseason Keenan Allen to now Keenan Allen other than he had two really good games like He does the same thing every year. He goes for 100 catches, about 1,100, 1,150 yards, and seven touchdowns. Just because he happened to catch like three or four touchdowns earlier in the season, like he's not going to just go get 12 this year. I mean, he could, it would be an outlier. So to me, like he's almost kind of overrated at this point. I like the player, but people are treating him like he's DeAndre or Julio, and he's not that. Like he's still a step below those guys. Um, as for Cooper cup, like I've always been kind of a Cooper cup, I don't want to say hater, but I just don't think he's very good. I think he's very, is kind of like Julian Edelman. Like he does his job really well, but I'm just not sure he's like the most talented player ever, but he's definitely important in that Rams offense for sure. Um, you know, just those clearing routes we saw him in the Super Bowl last year, it just wasn't the same without him. Uh, but like that should be a replaceable role though. So like, why is it so hard for that role to get replaced? I don't know. Yeah. It shouldn't be that hard to replace that role.
0: I don't know. I, I, I completely agree with you. I want to talk about this Green Bay offense and what we've seen because like we, we, I mean, look, wins and losses results. I know we went back and forth in this and we were on complete uh, opposite ends of the spectrum with Green Bay. Uh, look, the defense is what I thought it would be. The offense is, you know, far less than that. But you look up at the end of the day, uh, Green Bay at, you know, the three and one mark, man. Um, I know you were down on, on the play calling of LaFleur. I was so high on it. Uh, The result is there wins losses, but this offense uh, certainly has not been uh, what I at least imagined. Uh, What are your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, I think this is exactly the team I thought it was going to be, and they've just had a really soft schedule. Like the the road's about to get a lot harder for them. They still have road games at Dallas, at Kansas City, at Chargers, at 49ers, at Vikings, at Lions. Don't think they'll be favored in any of those five. So... Um, you know, th- th- basically they have to win out all the other ones to have any chance. And, you know, there's some definitely some winnable games, but this team still has a tough road to make the playoffs. If you can get a good price on Packers to miss the playoffs right now, I would encourage you to do it because they've had a pretty soft schedule with three home games so far.
0: Oh man.
1: You know, I'm going to disagree with that take, but I, 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 get... I, I'm tell- I, 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 th- what what have you seen from this offense? It's the offense is exactly as poorly managed as I ever imagined it was going to be. The Eagles exposed them in the running game. Zeke's going to run left about thirty five times tomorrow, and he's going to run for like two hundred yards. <laughs> yeah. or I guess tomorrow I'm ready for the game Sunday. Sunday like yeah. I I just don't know what you, like these teams are just going to run all over them Like yeah, oh yeah. boy, I just I, I I even at the Giants is like a trappy game. You know they have to go from the West Coast to the East Coast in a week. Like that's pretty tricky too. Yeah,
0: let's talk. talk about some other disappointments uh, in the NFL. I don't. Is it fair to call uh, Odell Beckham a disappointment thus far? Would you say at least underperforming?
1: No, I think that's exactly what it's been.
0: Is this just because of Landry? Because of the offense? What What do you see as the reason? You know, too many. Um, there's not enough balls to go around. What do you? Why? What do you attribute? I should say uh, to the drop off in production from Beckham this season.
1: Baker hasn't progressed. I think the way people have thought he was going to. I think if anything, he has regressed. Um, but I think that could change. I think that was a pretty solid win against uh, Baltimore. That was kind of a pretty good statement win. Really looking to see forward what they do on Sunday night in, uh, or I'm sorry, that's the next. No, that's this week in San Fran on Sunday night football. I think that's no, it's Monday night. No, it's I was right Monday. the first time. Yep. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that game. I think that's a pretty important game. For Cleveland, uh, can't can't get can't no show. You got you got to put up a performance, even if you don't win. Can't no show here.
0: Let's talk about another guy who has been a pleasant surprise, and I have been beating this drum for the better part of three years now, and finally he has come to fruition, and that is my boy Cortland Sutton. Despite the ghost of Joe Flacco throwing him the football, do you believe his production at 309 yards, couple touchdowns, is sustainable or no?
1: Don't, don't he's gonna have a horrible week this week, but I, I I still am a buyer in the in the player just know that this is going to be one of the worst matchups he's got all season. So, if he has a bad week and you could somehow buy low, I would.
0: Uh any other disappointments or pleasant surprises for you uh in the wide receiver market from a fantasy perspective?
1: You know, quietly the Kansas City wide receivers have been kind of disappointing. Really? Like I think
0: even uh got, you know, Watkins is pretty underdrafted. I know that the injury came up late and all that type of
1: stuff. No, I just just like there really hasn't been any consistency from them. Um, You know, like, yeah, like one week, you know, um, Demarcus Robinson goes bonkers. And another week it's, you know, Daryl Williams and Daryl Williams. Like they just really haven't been like that explosive, just throwing the football. Like, they had that one great quarter against the Raiders. But other than that, like they just haven't been consistently moving the football the way that they were in past years. So I, I'm, I'm not worried about them per se. And I think they'll improve, but like next time you watch the Chiefs, just think about like the wide receivers. If you focus on the wide receiver, you kind of realize like they don't have the explosive role so far that they had last year.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, when you look up and down, this man knows for the end zone is certainly something uh, that, you know, touchdown regression, positive, negative, you know, it's largely a random stat. Yeah, you look up and I was reading something about this why I wanted to bring him up specifically as he's tied for first in the league and touchdowns with Mike, um as Mike Evans, uh tied with Godwin on the same Tampa team. And I was reading something that Evans basically had played with, like a debilitating stomach problem for the first two weeks, and since then he has absolutely gone off. Do you buy into that narrative that, that was what was kind of up the first two weeks?
1: I think it was the whole team. It was the whole team. And I was in Vegas before week one, and I got this report and then- Normally, I take these reports really seriously, but like it was week one, I was like all in on San Fran and Tampa for a month, and I just couldn't. I was being too stubborn slash hungover to really <laughs> yeah. just like change everything over. Um, but I think it was really real. Like the reports were out there, and you could see he was like dry heaving on the sidelines. So like it absolutely was real. Um, so I, I think it is totally, 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 totally real. Um, I'm real, I'm such a buyer in Tampa, so like I, I love that offense. I think they're really really good, and Ronald Jones is finally winning that running back job too. It's only gonna get better.
0: We'd be remiss if we didn't at least talk about the Patriots receiver core. Is Philip Dorsett the most, uh, was he the most underdrafted based on production? And again, I know that's, it's weird with Brown and in, in depending on when people did drafts. I know you just did a best ball. How high up um, in comparison to where, you know, preseason did Dorsett go? And do you see the, the output continuing or is this kind of Gordon show Edelman doing his underneath thing and Dorsett just picks up the pieces moving forward? Because to me, he's probably been the MVP of this offense thus far.
1: Yeah, he's been really good. Um, I'm not sure how much it's going to change until we see if, if they're going to use one of their IR to return spots on Peniel Harry. I think that's kind of when we're going to find out what they're really what their plan is for sure. Um, obviously, they wanted Antonio Brown to be that guy that caught him. I just, you know, Edelman's banged up. Gordon's banged up. Like, I think Dorsett's going to kind of beat the guy for now. But I'm really kind of curious to see what they do in a few weeks when he's eligible to come off IR and start practicing, which I think is after week six. So we're a couple weeks away from that. But I'm really interested to see kind of what the situation is there, because if he comes off right away and just starts practicing and they just use the IR to give him a couple extra weeks to rest, I still think there's a role for him. But if they kind of like, oh, he's not healthy yet and it starts to look more like a red shirt, then I think Dorsett could just be the guy.
0: Is there a wide receiver or two that you are um, the absolute highest, uh, highest on rest of season and one that's the absolute lowest? I know you talked about Tampa, so I assume that's your answer, whether it's Ed, uh, Evans or Godwin, but anyone you're, you're lower on or anyone else that you're even higher on for rest of season outlook for uh, the wide receiver department.
1: God, I love Godwin. <laughs> uh, I, I was a Godwin truther in the preseason really not a whole lot has changed. I, I'm still a total truther um but like guy who's probably just going way too low like if you were redrafted today like mike williams you know the back flared up a little bit but the guy's a freak they lost travis benjamin they lost inman and henry's gonna still probably be another week or two away like mike williams is a boss and you could probably get him for a discount he was going around like 10 11 in these redrafts and i would still be willing to pay like a top six round receiver price for him
0: i meant to i um, I meant to get your answer. Uh, how high did Dorset go uh, in this week's uh, best oh. ball compared to the first? Like, Again, yeah, you could just ballpark it if, if it stood out to you. If not, no big deal.
1: Yeah, it didn't really stand out to me. I got to be honest, I didn't grab him anywhere um, in these. So that probably means that he was going a little too high for my blood. Yep. Um, I, I can't say I luck, to be honest. No
0: worries, man. Let's uh, shift on over to running backs. And speaking of shifting, man, is Christian McCaffrey the best uh, – all around best player in the NFL right now.
1: Yes, he was preseason, too. We talked about the, him being number one pick on your pod preseason. Yep, absolutely. Still is.
0: Any cause for concern from Kyle Allen to Cam Newton to maybe down the line Greer? Does the quarterback situation in Carolina worry you at all? Or is this just it's almost uh, addition for him by Newton's subtraction, getting him uh, the ball in space as many times to take the ball out of Allen's hands?
1: I, I think that Allen's perfectly fine. Like, I think Cam Newton, the way he was throwing to like – the, like, the healthy old Cam Newton is obviously way better than Kyle Allen, but the super hurt one I don't really think was much of a downgrade at all. Um, I think it was kind of a pretty lateral move. And so I, I, I do think that, you know, moving forward, I think it's going to be Kyle Allen's show for most of the year, if not the entire season. So, um Yeah, I don't have much any concerns over Christian McCaffrey. The coach beat that they want to get him off the field, they've been saying that for two years, and they never get him off the field, so I'm still not worried about it.
0: This next one is going to be really polarizing because I think he's been great to fantasy owners and great in DFS, yet... Uh, every talk in the locker room and in the press is how he's getting the ball, frankly, too much, or at least uh, leading the committee, that is. And that's Delvin Cook. Should owners be worried rest of season that if this philosophy does change, his production is going to drop off? Again, he's one yard uh, short of McCaffrey for leading the league in rushing at this point.
1: No, I think that that when they fired their offensive coordinator, they wanted to go to a run first offense. I don't think they're going to change it.
0: I know that the Thursday night... They should, but I don't think they will. Yeah. I know that the Thursday night game is, is currently going on right now, so the, this situation will kind of sort itself out, but how long have we been clamoring for a future back uh, in Seattle and Carson, the fumbles? I, I mean, I know we're going to maybe potentially get a little more clarity on this, but how do you navigate that backfield, uh, if at all, or is it just a complete stay away until somebody emerges for you?
1: I think it's Chris Carson's show. I, I just I don't think they like Rashad despite the
0: Perry. Despite the fumbles?
1: Yeah, I just I hate Rashad Penny. Like, <laughs> I stand by Like it. That's what I heard preseason, and there's nothing that I've seen at this point to make that report look any less true. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that was a pretty good report by whoever told it to me. So, uh, Chris Carson would be the guy. I'm not too worried.
0: Uh, I think a guy that has been a little bit uh, disappointing, maybe outside of one week where he was bailed out by his reception totals at eh, two weeks. Uh, and that's Alvin Kamara uh, has not you know, had the Houston game uh, at 97. But aside from that hasn't topped uh, 70 yards and he's had 45 or below in four others, man. Um, you know dating back to last year and all that type of stuff is this cause for you know I think that everyone thought he had you know RB 1A top overall pick next year potential with uh, Ingram going out I know the breeze situation maybe disrupts it maybe it doesn't uh, should people be worried about you know this to me kind of looks like the, the we've seen the story before with David Johnson right like it, something just doesn't seem right and I get that feeling from Kamara despite the fact that he can make a play at any moment uh, he's been big play dependent is what I've seen kind of you know, eyeball test when watching these saints games.
1: It's more of a more boring pro style offense more than like their traditional, you know, spread them out and kind of just, uh, you know, you give Camara more space to run catch balls out of the backfield. It's a little more pro style, more guys in the box, guys closer to the line of scrimmage. I don't think it's anything to do with him. I just think it's the situation until drew Brees comes back. So I, I wouldn't be panicking, but I also would just be lowering my expectations until drew Brees gets back.
0: All right, man. Biggest surprise, uh, positive and negative in the running back department when it comes to season long or the DFS and uh, somebody that you are the highest and lowest on rest of season.
1: Can I take a victory lap on fifth round Duke Johnson being a complete waste of time? <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Nick Chubb. Like, the like They yard hadn't yards. watched Bill O'Brien in the last 10 years. He loves his boring little plotters. And somehow people thought that that wasn't going to happen this year. I think it's pretty cute. Um, so he's been obviously the biggest disappointment for everyone. Not for me, cause I don't have any, um, biggest disappointment. You know, Joe Mixon has been a pretty dis- solid disappointment yeah, so far. Um, I-, I wasn't really worried about the offensive line and I really wasn't worried about the offensive scheming. Um, but it- it's been pretty bad, um, last couple weeks. Um, just, they really haven't been able to protect Dalton at all. Um, I'm really interested to see what they do this week against Arizona. Like that's kind of a uh, two bat two underperforming offenses against two just bad defenses. Like they should get their stuff together, but if they don't, that's probably the time where you got to kind of just jump off the train. So, uh, I think Joe Mixon's been probably the biggest disappointment for me so far. Uh, biggest surprise, Daryl Williams has been really good. Really curious to see what they do with Damian Williams and him now um, Darrell Williams has been really, really good. I, I wouldn't be budging that guy. So curious to see what they do.
0: All right, man. Uh, I'm trying to look at some, some rushing touchdown stuff, but it's it's largely, uh, you know, kind of all over the place. I will say this when it comes to the rushing stat, has anything kind of, chi- you know, I look at it as a cheat code, man, when, when I was big into the DFS world or, or season longs, I always wanted quarterbacks who could run. Um, when we look at this, you know, the current landscape, I think we're pretty much left with Uh, you know, maybe a little Daniel Jones, but pretty much we have Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, um, you know, guys that can really, you know, Watson in some situations, sure. Uh, any, you know, type of handicap go into that when you're doing DFS, um, or season long stuff, you know, do you prefer the mobile quarterbacks? Do you not, because they're more injury prone or do you even not even take into account anything you get on the
1: ground as a bonus? Oh, I love the injury prone, uh, i i'm mean, sorry i love the running not the injury permanent quarterbacks i like the rushing upside for sure this building is going nuts because the cardinals just keep tapping on more runs uh <laughs> so I apologize if you guys can hear that no, um i just i live in this quiet like condo building and it's this is the loudest i've ever heard the building just like people just screaming about the cardinals game so good to know i'm just gonna take tomorrow off um because <laughs> <Right. laughs> there's Natural another daytime holiday. game tomorrow um yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a citywide holiday, I'm sure. Especially after they if they can pull this game off. Um, what was the question? I got uh, to just there.
0: do you look towards uh, do you you know gravitate towards mobile oh, quarterbacks? Oh, rush quarterbacks.
1: You, yeah. yeah, I, I love them. I, I do love them, but like I do need them to throw. So like I don't have much Lamar Jackson at all. Like I just still don't think he can throw the football that well. Yep. Um, I, I, I think he'll be fine, but I think like, the idea is that he's a top three quarterback, I'm still not there. Really like Josh Allen, but like you mentioned, that guy is just never going to play 16 games. So you just have to have a plan B with him. Like He's going to play 13 games every year, maybe 12. So you just got to have a plan in place when that happens. But his rushing upside is just awesome. So he's probably my favorite still.
0: Yeah, I think i the with Jackson, but I completely get it. I want to get your take on defenses, not even from, you know, who you target, all that type of stuff, but guy or teams that you've really tried to uh, target with specific positions. If there is any, you know, running backs against this team, wide receivers, quarterbacks against this team, anything that's really stuck out to you uh, in terms of, you know, it's either something you didn't see coming, something you did uh, that has been extremely profitable for you when it comes to targeting defenses with kind of specific positions in mind.
1: Well, can I just talk about, like, just don't play anyone against the Patriots at all? Like, yeah, literally, no one. <laughs> just don't play anyone. Don't play anyone. Like, I, I was on record in the preseason that this might be the best defense the league has seen in a long time. And it, I think it's still true. Like, I know they haven't played anyone, but. The defense is just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Like, they have four corners that would start on, like, every other team. And they're, they're like, they're diamond nickel corners. It, it's really a cheat code. Um. That play so by like Josh Jackson, anyone.
0: man. I don't know that I have seen a standing still, uh, high jump to get that pick against Josh Allen. A, a more freakishly athletic play in a very long time on defense on that sideline. That was. Oh, he was scary. an undrafted
1: free agent too. Yeah, UDFA. Um, he's a freak, and like he's our nickel. So it's like, all right, have fun with that, guys. Um, yeah, I think that the biggest team to just attack everyone with is just Tampa. Just take every pass catcher against Tampa. Like they just, their run defense with Sue is just so much better than pe- everyone thought. Like you just are going to just, you're just going to throw against Tampa like every time now. Like people were like, Oh, you know, Tampa, like you can run and throw against them last year against the run. But this year, they're just so good against the run. It's so really hard to see those games just not shooting out like every week. Cause Campus secondary is bad and they can really do a good job against the runs. So it's just like, you know, just have a ton of plays in those games at all times.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it was like that last year too, man. It is certainly a, a stack both ways or a couple lineups.
1: Really interested to see what the saints do this week because they can't really throw the football. And, Sean Payton is just stubborn enough, I think, to run it up the middle like one too many times.
0: <laughs> Seriously. Well, let's let's break into that uh, uh the upcoming slate, I should say, uh, for this week from a DFS perspective with you, man. Of course, we're gonna get uh your gambling takes on this as well. But before we do that, as always, we are brought to you by mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag. Football season is back, guys, and over at MyBookie.ag, all you need to do is enter your promo code SGP, and you are going to get $1,000 in free bets. Just, again, use the promo code SGP, MyBookie.ag, where you play, win, and get paid. And, of course, Amazon. You know you're already shopping there. Help support the podcast as well. You can go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and click the Amazon banner, bookmark that link, and use it every time you shop. Let's break into this upcoming, uh, week, man, I guess we'll, we'll start from the DFS side. That's where you uh, have been so successful in so many different ways. And, and let's, I mean, is this Tampa game, uh, just the, uh, you know, Mike, um, Mike Evans, uh, everybody, uh, on the Tampa side, I know that you were so high on, are we stacking everything at everyone for at least one lineup or what are your, your kind of takeaways on this?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to go back to the well, it's been a very profitable. Well, I, I really don't see much of a reason to stop, I think. Finally, people will join me this week. Though I don't think it's going to be the uh, the fun island that it's been for a couple weeks now. Um, you know, there's not really a game over a 50 total, so I really don't. I think people are just going to kind of have a bunch of recency bias. So I think there'll be a bunch of people on this game, but I still love it, um, especially because I don't think people will stack the Saints side. I think they'll kind of just be like, I'll take Tampa and that, and Kamar, and that'll be fine. I like Michael Thomas a lot in this spot, so that's probably where I'll differentiate within that game. Uh, but I can see how this one backfires on me. Like, as I mentioned, Sean Payton is stubborn. And we even saw it in that Cowboys game that he was just willing to kind of play a slow game. I don't think that's a really good idea against Tampa, but I also didn't think it was a good idea versus Dallas. So I I could see them trying to be a little too stubborn in this spot. Um, So I'm going to have it, but I definitely can see the road where it burns me.
0: When I look up and down this Jacksonville team, man, uh, defensively, and I look at pieces, do you have any apprehension uh, of getting McCaffrey in there? You know, it's a really weird dynamic with them. They seem to almost alternate good and bad games, um, and they've done this for a very long time. It's been something I've uh, taken advantage of in the team total market. Basically, if they if they allow over, to, uh, I think it's twenty one, twenty four points, whatever the metric is, the next week they haven't allowed over. I think twenty. Uh, dating back to their last like eight out of nine or or nine out of ten it's been absolutely a a crazy bounce back and of course they allowed over that to Denver last week they are on back-to-back road situations here though Um, do you have any reservations about any part of this um, Carolina team I guess really the only part that most people are going to be targeting is McCaffrey but
1: I have some concerns but I'm just not sure that this defense is 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 what they think it is like I mean, they gave up 40 to the Chiefs and then they faced kind of like three poor offenses. I'm not ready to just crown them anything like they played a poor Texans offense, like a poor Titans offense and a poor Broncos offense. Like I'm not, I don't know. You gave up 24 to Joe Flacco. I'm not exactly ready to call you a good defense yet. So uh, I'm not too concerned. Am I trying? Like is McCaffrey, like the first guy in. No. Is he, am I trying to make sure I can get him in? Yes, but I'm not like, it's not like last week where it was like, okay, I'm starting with McCaffrey and Eckler and then I'll figure everything else from there.
0: Anybody that you want to target in this Arizona and Bengals game, I think this is going to be a true test on whether or not you can almost cut bait with a guy like Joe Mixon, as you talked about, of course, Arizona.
1: Um, you can't cut bait. No, so but I mean, I mean, I, I think,
0: I, no, but I don't, I don't think he, he is a must start anymore at all if he has a, a poor game against this Arizona defense. Cut bait is in move from starting lineup to yeah, bench. yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair take. I, I don't know. I maybe I'm being stubborn here, but I just have I have a, a I have
0: small long shot of him to lead time. the league in rushing. I, like, I think I'm
1: ready to, to tear it up too. So I just, I'm ready to go one more time. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, the case for the Cincinnati team is like they've actually played like a pretty brutal schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, if San Fran's defense is actually good. Like, if it's actually good, like, at Seattle, San Fran, Buff- at Buffalo, at Pittsburgh is actually, like, a sneaky, pretty brutal schedule. Yep. Like, if San Fran's D is actually good, which I think it could be, right? Like, and so, like, then again, their schedule's not getting easier for a while, too. Like, they have Arizona this week, and then it's at Baltimore, Jacksonville, at Rams, Ravens. Like, the good news is the second half of the schedule is easy, but yay, yikes, this is a brutal schedule. Um So, yeah, uh, might just be, uh, you know, enjoy the... If if the Bengals play well this week, might be time to uh, try to get what you can.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I do want to talk about the receiving core of this Arizona offense because I think it's worth noting, man, that at least... Say what you want about it. uh, At least David Johnson is getting involved in the passing game again. And I I think that people always will look at Fitzgerald as this target machine. But in reality, man, Christian Kirk has been doing a a lot out there. Fitzgerald has the two touchdowns and has him beat by about 60 yards. But, um, you know, the receptions and the the target share has been in in great favor uh, of Christian Kirk as as a target for Kyler Murray. Um, Any chance that he develops into that 1A option?
1: Well, it's not going to be for a few weeks he, he's not going to play for a while yeah but i'm saying an when he, when he comes so back. yeah those ankle injuries are always tough you know um you know i, I always try to honestly when i hear high ankle sprain, i kind of just think write four the to guy six. off of the
0: season yeah it's it's four to six i think but i think that there's you know I it's think four to
1: six and then it's just like
0: i think a lot of people know, are going to drop him terrible though, because of it. i think he could be a diamond late in the season oh i mean people would-
1: Oh yeah, definitely he could be, but you know sometimes those ankles are a little tough, especially for slot guys. So, I, I mean, I, I like the player, but I'm not like, wow. I'm like, I'm like, oh, you have to do what it takes to get him. Like, I'm not, I'm not there just because I'm afraid that in, that in, that injury might linger and that team will have nothing to play for down the stretch, so they might just set him too. So, a little bit of a risk there to be honest. But I, I love the offense, and uh, it looks like Keyshawn Johnson's going to hop into that role, uh, <laughs> pretty slow, but. Uh, Apparently that's what they want to do. So, yeah. you know, as you said, there's a ton of targets for the role. So, YOLO,
0: they'll do it, man. All right. Anything else on the ten o'clock slate for uh, GPP shots this week? Anybody, you know, kind of long shots. Of course, they have Minnesota uh, and the Giants, Bears against Raiders, Jets, Eagles with a fourteen point spread, Ravens, Steelers, and of course Bills and Titans. And I forgot, man. This is they have a they only have two late games this week. Everything else is kind of stacked up uh, at the ten a.m. Vegas uh, time slot.
1: Yeah, they want the Packers-Dallas to be like a marquee game. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Congressman, you want to do something? Mandate that there's at least four late games every week, please. You want to do something useful? There you go. I agree. A, I mandate the I NFL am. gives us four late games in exchange for their damn monopoly.
0: Oh, <laughs> We got the XFL soon enough, buddy. Don't worry
1: about it. Oh, yeah, sure. Great. Um, a lot of it, There's going to be a lot of buzz on this Atlanta-Houston game. I gotta be honest, I kind of don't trust either offense. Like Atlanta's pretty bad and Houston's got a good pass rush. I don't trust Atlanta's offensive line. And I just, Houston has been kind of just being boring this year. You know, I, a lot of people projecting a shootout here, I could see something boring like 24 17 game. I really could.
0: I think this one could be played in between the, the 30s, a uh, majority of this time, and, and teams just kicking
1: field goals or settling. Uh, that's, that's one of the bets I really like is the under 49, for what
0: it's worth. Uh, we talked about the Saints one, of course. I'm to, I mean, let's talk about these big spreads, man. Philly, you know, when you... When you incorporate, we're going to shift over to the gambling side and, and get your takes on a couple of these games after that one. Uh, but when you see these big spreads, man, these big team totals, um, you know, the Kansas cities of the world, Philadelphia laying 14 against the Jets, of course, New England uh, laying 15 and a half uh, at Washington as a road favorite. Do you you know, kind of take that into consideration? Is it as simple as the implied team total or kind of how do you go about you know, incorporating that into your DFS prep?
1: If at all. So for, for, for some teams like New England, when I see a big total, it really just turns into a cross off for me because that just means they're just going to get everyone involved and just kind of just not like I don't like some guy can catch two touchdowns, but no one's really going to score three. No one's going to break the slate. You know, they'll probably be up 21 to three, 24 to three and kind of just baby it for a little bit. And oh, my goodness. Acuna might have just hit that out of the stadium. Um, he's good at baseball. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I. I I just really ignore it for the Patriots side on the Philly side. Like this is kind of a spot where they kind of need that offense to get moving. Um, They they just got to get the offense. Right. Um, So for me, like I could see them trying to pile it on against the jets personally, um, but it really kind of is situational based. I don't really have a general rule.
0: All right, man. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, who is somebody that you feel the highest to be top uh, top five quarterback this week, a top five running back and a top five wide receiver? And give me a long shot GPP for someone to do a million dollars with this player out there. Any position?
1: Okay. Uh, top five quarterback. Let's go with... Kyler Murray. Um, like it. Oh, boy Arizona you better not let me down one more time um, just west flying east for 1 o'clock too I can already see myself at like 1pm central just being like what were you thinking um, uh, running back Actually, let's stick with the same team David Johnson this is a really good David Johnson spot uh, really like him a lot uh, wide receiver we'll pick a different team um, uh, let's go off the board. You know, we were talking about the Jacksonville defense. They've been really bad against slots. Curtis Samuel is in a really interesting spot this week, especially if Jalen Ramsey sets. I know that one's a little off the board, but I, I like really it. like the spot.
0: Is that going to be a GPP
1: answer um, too then? Yeah, that might be the good GPP answer. Um, another stud. Re- let me give you a stud receiver. Let me just check my rankings. Hold on a second. I think I put Julio number one because Tennessee, or Houston's been giving up points to number ones like they're candy. I think that's the right answer. Yeah, Julio. Yeah, Julio coming off a poor week. I think the the naysayers about the touchdowns are just going to be really surprised this year. I think he's actually going to get the year finally with nine or ten touchdowns we've all wanted.
0: Yeah, it all comes back around. I know he's been famous for that, but that's one of the most very, you know, stats based on variance that, that I can possibly think of. I want to shift this over to gambling, man. Anything on the slate? I know you talked about that Houston and Atlanta under 49. Anything else that sticks out to you uh, on this board uh, before we get you out of here for the upcoming NFL week, man?
1: Yeah, I, talked, I, think, I don't know if this was the start of the pot or off air, but I, I think the Tampa line's still off. Like, I know that the Sharps have been hitting this number all week. I think it opened four and a half or even higher than that. Yeah, they opened four and a half, and it's been bet down three if tampa hits that field goal i think this game is two and a half or two like i still think there's a little bit of value in tampa and i actually really like them to win this game um i think that there's a bit of overhype on the same as they beat the dallas cowboys at home i kind of think that tampa's the better team uh I, I think i was talking to you about this earlier in the week i was like i wonder what i could get tampa to win the NFC title right now because i still think they might be the best team um, Ooh, that's a hot yeah, take, so I, I, I really like Tampa this week. What'd you say?
0: That's a scorching hot take. I want to ask you about this total, man. 47 seems
1: very, very low to me. This is one of those. I think I'll hop on live. Like, let me, let me see if new Orleans gets going to be stubborn in the first six minutes of the game. And then like, if they're not being stubborn, if they're trying to throw the football, I'll immediately hop on the over, I, I won't even need a score. Just I want to see if they're going to try to play the same way that they played against Dallas. Because if they do, then I can see how this game goes under. But if they come out and they're trying to throw the football and attack the Tampa secondary, then I would love the over.
0: I just look at this, man. I I really
1: just want to see one drive. Like, I'll hop in on one after one drive. I just want to see the first drive.
0: I respect that a lot, man. I really do. Uh, But to me, like... You know, when I look at this numbers perspective wise, man, Tampa, you know, what game do you think will have more points, Arizona and Cincinnati or Tampa and the Saints? I don't know that those two numbers should be pretty much the exact same right now.
1: I I have more. I think the floor of Arizona Cincy is like in the low 40s. I think the floor of Tampa, New Orleans is like 32 points. Like I can see how this goes way under. If the, right, if the right situation presents itself. Yeah, it's definitely... So, uh, I mean, I agree with you. It could shoot out. Like, I think most Tampa games are going to shoot out. I just think John Payton is stubborn enough to try to play this low-scoring game if he wants to. And by the way, I'm not sure anyone else really wants to get in a shootout with Tampa because I don't think they've got the guns to do it.
0: Yeah, I agree So that's
1: that. kind of the other issue, too. Is like I think Cincinnati and Arizona will be perfectly happy to play a shootout with each other because they both think that they're better offensively. I don't know that the Saints are going to be that naive that they think they have the better offense. So they could try to slow that one down.
0: Primetime slots, man. Indy Colts, um, KC, uh, Cleveland, and San Francisco. Anything I want to talk enough? about
1: Dallas. Can I talk about Dallas minus three and a half? This it. is free money.
0: Free money. Oh, my. I think we may have this to have is a free. side bet.
1: Oh, let's do it. Uh, I, I love Dallas in this spot. Zeke is just going to run over the left side 25, 30 times in this game, and he's going to rush for like 200 plus. Oh if you can find an alt prop for Zeke, like, just hammer it because he's going to rush for a bazillion yards in this game. We saw, we saw Philly exploit it with Jordan Howard and there's nothing personnel, personnel wise that Green Bay can do to fix it. And the Dallas left side of their offensive line is amazing. The holes are gonna be massive.
0: That's a good take, bro. I like it. I want to give you the floor as always. Is there, is there anything else on the uh, slate gambling-wise you want to talk about as, as uh, hot takes? Anything the floor is yours for kind of the rest of the slate before I uh, talk about everything you have going on, man?
1: Oh, boy. That was probably the best take I had was I love the Dallas spot. And Carlos Martinez is about to blow this game. I um, boy. I f- this is one of those, like, if I was a prof- like a super, super professional, I would have the Cajones to take the Giants money lines. I know there's no way I will have it, but I think it's a really smart idea to do it. This Vikings team just might be done. Like if I, like we talked about like if they lose this game, they're done, but they're done. If they just no show, like the Giants are good enough. To, oh God, they're not. There though.
0: That's what I was asking. Like why was, is this line they, five? If they, if you know from a, a team perspective, a locker room perspective, if they go out there and Cousins throws for 400s, Thielen and Diggs get theirs, but they lose. Um, How is that possible? I, I don't. With the Vikings defense, that's not possible, though, yeah. is it? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Turnover. Like, if something weird happens, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I almost... Look, nobody beats bad teams better than Kirk Cousins. And the, my bet guide on the Minnesota Vikings is as simple as blind... Uh, versus Team 500 or not, bet on, bet against. And it's really that simple for me. Uh, but I understand taking the quote-unquote value, the coin flip game at, you know, a pretty nice plus money price on the Giants there. I do.
1: I just, I, I don't love it. I The more I think, of, I just feel like that they're daring me to bet the Vikings. They're like, please bet the Vikings. Please tease this to zero. Have fun with that. Please do it. And anytime I see a number of that, I feel like they're just daring me to tease that I just, I try to like, be like, I should be sharp about this. Yeah,
0: you could go. But I really there. like
1: Tampa money line. That's probably like the Tampa money line, the Atlanta under, and the Cowboys are definitely my three favorite spots on the slate.
0: We'll throw in the Zeke one with that as well, man. Because
1: you have you know. I love, I love that. Yeah, Zeke over rushing yards. I, whatever that prop is, I like that one too.
0: I love it, bro. Um, where can people find you in the space? Of course, I know we've done so many shows together. They probably know now. But again, ArborPro.com. Twitter at the siege DFS, anything else going on, man, or, or anything else, rest of season, anything else that uh, you want to talk about where people can get at you or any other hot takes for you?
1: Yeah, we've got, like, we've got uh, rest of season uh, rankings. Actually, that's not true. We will have rest of season rankings at some point when I get them done um, or typed up. Uh, I haven't done. Um, and then we have weekly waiver wires, weekly mailbags uh, to help you out. If you're starting a little slow, uh, use that promo code 33 off. You get 33% off all of our weekly packages. So Check it out for a week. We'll help you uh, fix your terrible teams uh, the best we can and uh, try to sneak you into the playoffs, which is really all that matters is to get in the playoffs. So uh, we we can help you do that. So uh, check us out at arborpro.com. I'm in there all the time. I basically live there.
0: That's it, guys. And again, resume speaks for itself. Twenty fifteen FACFC champion, sixteen time DFS championship man. Thank you so much for taking the time to break down this kind of hybrid uh, DFS deep dive slash gambling uh,
1: look. Oh, I have, have one more take. Can I have one more take? You Quick can minute. have a, you can have as many if as you in, want. If you are in the if you are in the state of Nevada, and I'm really pissed, I'm not flying in until Monday. I, I, I'm I know this line's going to change. I know it's going to change, and it's making me so mad. I'm trying to find someone who could do me a salad and we'll go over to the Westgate? CJ, Miami. You, you plus don't remember I live
0: in Vegas. What, what,
1: what's going on there? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I will hit you up after. the <laughs> Um, Miami plus six and a half is that line's going to move by at least two and a half to three points before this game kicks off on the 13th. Like the Redskins, are going to get absolutely killed against the pass, And this number's going to move like I, I, six and a half is like, Amazing value. The Dolphins should not be six and a half point docked at home to the Washington Redskins. There is absolutely no way. Well, That's off by at least three points, maybe four. I just don't know if it matters. I like the I like the Dolphins to win that straight up. I guess the, like coming the, off the buy.
0: The one thing that I like, I don't think Miami wants the win though. Like I, I, they want Tua. Washington has Haskins. There's no incentive for Washington to kind of tank that. While Miami, I don't think they want to win.
1: For Brian Flores is too stubborn. Like Brian Flores is too stubborn to Like first of all, that team's gonna be two and fourteen whether they try or not, right? <laughs> that's fair. like they're gonna be fourteen. And like if they need to trade an asset to go from three to one, they'll trade an asset to go from three to one. Like as you mentioned, the other really terrible teams have quarterbacks. So and, and we're not even sure, by the way, the Dolphins want to. Or they might want Taylor Lawrence. You know, that's a lot more of the Brian Flores, Chad O'Shea type of quarterback, anyways. So it might be a two year job before they go and get the quarterback anyways. So I, I think that Miami's a team that I, I think that we've seen. And they also have the Steelers pick too, which at this rate might be top five or the number one pick itself. Um so yeah, I, I I just like the Dolphins. I think that this coming off the bye, I think they got rid of the Cancers. We've seen them fight. Their strength of schedule's been absurd so far this season. Like they've played four playoff teams. Ravens, Pats, Cowboys and Chargers. Like those were all really good playoff teams that could be, you know, Divisional round teams. So the the number on the Dolphins is just weight if it's inflated just because of who they've played. And they've put up like respectable games the last couple weeks. Like they played respectable against the Chargers. Coming off the bye, you know, they've had a lot of turnover. They had 25% of their guys in week one weren't with the team in camp. I think on the bye, everyone's gonna get back on page. They're gonna system, they're gonna look a lot sharper. I love the Dolphins. I this is one of my favorite spots of the year. This reminds. Remember two years ago when I was like Atlanta for all your money against Carolina in Week Four. I'm telling you, this, this is a really, 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 really good spot. Gamble responsibly, but this is a really good spot. And the number's going to change on you too. It's going to be three by kickoff. You're going to get three and a half points of value at bet this early.
0: I like it, man. We'll we'll talk off air and maybe I'll, I'll do you a solid for you. Yeah, so. we will.
1: I, I please because this number is going to move when they lose when the Redskins lose to by the Pats by like 35. There's no way this number doesn't move.
0: Well, we have the footage. We have the uh, the audio to pull it back, and you can look absolutely brilliant when this happens, man. Again, thank you so much.
1: Take the time or to talk can to look me. really time when it's like nine, right? Yeah, right. It's, the Redskins, if, out Redskins win
0: out, right? Pass. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's the other <laughs> side. And the number's like nine or ten? Yeah, that would look real smart. Oh, man. That's funny.
0: All right, bro. We'll talk soon. Take care, man. All
1: right, man. Appreciate it.